I wonder if anyone can get the following connection. Stick your hand up or wave at me as you uh, maybe connect these people. Freddie Starr. Sue Pollard. Paul Daniels. You're going to like it. Not a lot. You're going to like it. Darren Day. Bonnie Langford. Les Dawson. <laughs> Frank Carson. Max Boyce. Oggy, oggy, oggy. Peters and Lee. Pam Ayres. Lena Zav... Oh, Lena Zavaroni. He's got it! All connected. All were on Opportunity Knocks. Send that man a Mars bar. Fantastic. Well done. So they were all on Opportunity Knocks. Opportunity Knocks? What's that? You may ask. During the 50s, 60s and 70s, I guess, it was kind of the precursor to Britain's Got Talent. It was a talent show. And all of those folk got some kind of launch through Opportunity Knocks. And you're going to love the connection. Because I see in, in the book of Acts that actually there are plenty of opportunities for the gospel. But there are plenty of knocks as well. Plenty of opportunities to see Jesus transform people's lives. But as, as, as quick as, as those opportunities are seized, people seem to want to knock Paul and his, his brothers and sisters down. Actually, if you look right through Acts, it seems to happen time and again. Acts chapter 2, amazing! The Holy Spirit comes upon those first believers, but almost as soon as that's happened, there are people laughing at them, saying, ah, they must be drunk, it's only 10 in the morning. And then Peter addresses the crowd in chapter 3, having seen uh, the, the, the lame man be healed. But in chapter 4, they wind up in prison because they're causing trouble. And again and again and again, amazing things happen for the gospel. Opportunities arise and are taken. And as that happens, so there seem to be knocks. It's a tenuous link, I know, but hey, there we go. Opportunities and knocks. I called this morning's um, sermon, Ups and Downs in Corinth. And the opportunity knocks thing came later. But there are real ups and downs in this passage as we look. Seems like that kind of revival and riot go hand in hand. And so it's no surprise that Paul encounters opposition. What I'd love to do is just have a little look at that opposition and the nature of it and maybe reflect a little bit on that for our lives this morning. And then just look at three things that might help us to keep going in the face of opposition, whatever that opposition might be. So we see Paul in chapter 18, arrive in Corinth from Athens, where again there was an opportunity to, to just speak the word of God 
Corinth was a, a city that was famed for its debauchery, its immorality. It was a real crossroads for, for trade between east and west and between north and south in that part of Greece. But it was well known for being a place where kind of pluralist religious practices took place. Anything goes. If you see it and you like it, go for it. If it feels good, then that's okay. Ring any bells? Paul speaks later to the Corinthians in in his two letters to the Corinthians. But you know that some of these people from Corinth came from places that were pretty depraved. He writes in 1 Corinthians 6, Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. He hits Corinth, a place that was pretty godless. And actually... We live in a world in 21st century Britain that is pretty godless. And there is opportunity. But there will be knocks. Verses 1 to 6 of that that little passage in chapter 18. Paul proclaims Jesus to the Jews. Some, as we see in verses 7 to 8, like Titius Justus, or Titius Justus, Crispus, they receive the gospel. Whilst others, verse 6, you see that, that there are Jews that oppose Paul and become abusive. God encourages Paul to keep going in a vision in verse 9 and 10. But actually it's for Paul, many of his own people, who unite against him to attack him. And actually it's interesting, it's it's unexpected people that seem to to jump to Paul's defence. Have you noticed how um, when when things like Christmas are are criticised by perhaps those in, in local government or in, in authority and say, well, we can't have Christmas because that will offend people. It's, it's folk like the, the Muslims that stand up and say, well, actually, yeah, these Christians, they ought to have their festivals. Unexpected places sometimes where defence comes from. And here the Roman ruler stands up for Paul and says, actually, you lot, sort it out yourselves. <coughs> So opposition is something that that we will expect and need to expect. And Jesus tells us to expect it, actually. If you follow me, you need to take up your cross and follow me. That means it's not going to be plain sailing. That means that it is not going to be easy. It's not necessarily going to conveniently fit in to your lives. But follow me. 
because I am the way, the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except by me. <coughs> Do you know, sometimes I think we see opposition come from unexpected places. Sometimes here in, in battle zones, the, 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 the phrase friendly fire where you get hit by somebody on your own side. And actually, I think sometimes, because we are people, we are human beings in church, sometimes discouragement comes from within. People actually knock us down. And it doesn't need anybody who doesn't believe in Jesus, who is maybe antagonistic to knock you down, because sometimes friendly fire is where it comes from. And it can be so unexpected. And that's not new. If you look in scripture, it happens several times where, where there is friendly fire, if you like. In Psalm 55, David feels under pressure from people within his camp. Not those that he's opposing. Think about the Lord Jesus. At the time when he needed help most, what did his disciples do? They scarpered. They left him be. They abandoned him. Peter even denied him fully. So opposition may well come from us standing up for, for, for what is, is good and right in the gospel and people attacking us for that. But it might come from people from perhaps within our own fellowship who are kind of gunning for their own position or un- unwittingly being insensitive. But actually it feels like opposition nonetheless because you kind of think, oh crikey, I thought I was doing a good thing here. I reckon sometimes, Lorna, you feel that when you're making the the cafe rotor up. And idiots like me come and stick a spanner in the works and, and, and kind of throw it all into chaos. And that must sometimes just feel like, oh, blimey. We need to be careful that we don't end up in friendly fire. And of course, Satan loves that because he doesn't need to do anything. (laughs) They just shot themselves in the foot. I don't have enough to bother. But Satan, as Peter says in his letter, he's like a roaring lion waiting for someone to devour. It's interesting that... uh, Bevan this morning before church was playing on his game. He's got a game on his little um, Kindle. And uh, he's setting up a zoo on his game. And uh, accidentally, in his zoo, he set up that a, a giraffe would go into the lion's pen. And guess what? The lion had the giraffe. Oops. Lions are waiting for us. And, and, and Satan wants to, to derail us sometimes. Often, whenever we're active. 
So with opportunity come knocks. When there is a Christian fellowship that is up and trying to really reach out for the kingdom, there will be knocks. And I guess we're in that place. There will be knocks. And there are knocks. number of people that are struggling with ill health in, in, in the fellowship. Bless you. We hold you in our prayers. But that can be really hard. People going through all sorts of tough times. So how can we keep going in the face of opposition, in the face of stuff that makes it difficult to be a Christian? Whether that opposition is from within or or from external circumstances. Three things I want us just to, to dwell upon for a wee while this morning. First of those is that actually... Every circumstance in our lives can advance God's purposes if we'll allow him in. Now, I want to be really careful here. I'll share a little story with you. Uh, Angela and I walked a similar road to uh, Emma and Carlos about 10 years ago. And many of you maybe will have experienced that too where Angela was expecting a baby and and she had a miscarriage and you know we were devastated utterly devastated and um, somebody very well meaning got alongside me and said Andy you know it's all right because this will make you a better pastor Now, I could have punched them there and then. (laughs) Because, frankly, I didn't want to be made a better pastor right there and then. I just wanted to cry. But I know what, in retrospect, they were trying to say. But maybe they just chose the wrong moment to say it. And actually, what they just (laughs) needed to do was stand with us and give us a hug and keep us going and pray that actually we would hold on to the Lord in the midst of our grief and that people that knew us well would help us to keep holding on because I absolutely believe that God can be glorified through all the situations that we face. But sometimes for the person that's going through that, it's blooming hard to see exactly what that's all about. And so we need to stand, maybe a little bit like Wendy's image, of other people just holding their arms so that they can keep going because they are bruised and weary. Romans 8, very, very powerful words about just this. Romans 8, 28, that says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And that's where we can be just a little bit cack-handed and kind of say the wrong thing at the wrong moment. But actually, 
God will work with us and walk with us. It's funny that Aquila and Priscilla had been ejected from Rome in AD 49. The Jews were ejected from Rome. Interesting, in the week that's been a memorial of the Holocaust. Nothing new. But the Jews were booted out of Rome. And here Aquila and Priscilla find themselves in Corinth. And actually, they were a blessing to Paul. And Paul was a blessing to them. And they were able to work together and enable the gospel together. A real practical outworking of that situation that actually at the time when they were sitting in it, they were thinking, flipping it, we got our family, we got our home in Rome and we don't want to go elsewhere. But as time went on, they saw God faithful. And I think that was the constant mindset of the early church. No matter what happens, God is there. Is that our mindset? Is that our mindset? Or do we quickly assume that God must have abandoned us when things are really sticky? Or maybe even God's punishing us because things are really sticky. No matter what happens, God is here. God and his grace do not change because of our circumstances. Of course, sometimes our sin... Our actions, our folly, our mistakes have consequences that we have to live with. And sometimes that might feel almost like a punishment. But God deals with our sin. And even if we have to live with consequences of our sin, God wants to walk with us in that. Sometimes life is just hard going. Our broken, fallen world is just hard going. But God is the same God yesterday, today and forever. And in every circumstance we need to hold on to the fact that God can advance his purposes. And we need to let him in. So easy for us to say, well, I tell you what, I'll serve God when uh, X and Y and Z are sorted, when the kids are grown up and when this has happened and, and when so-and-so has come to faith, then I'll serve God. But actually, we need to say, I'll serve him here and now. I'm available. And I'll do whatever I can. And that might be different to what I would really love to do in the future, but right now I'm available and my service to him is not conditional on him coming through on uh, just sorting out a new house or a new car or 
somebody coming to faith or whatever it is. God will be at work in our lives. And we need to let him in, in the midst of our opposition. We need to hear that. Unchanging God wants to walk with us. Second thing that we need to do is we need to let God speak to us. Look to him. Look for him to speak. Be expectant that he might speak. Here we see Paul, verse 9, who's obviously had a bit of a a, a rough time already. But he's been walking with God and he's, he's in a place such that actually God appears to him in a vision. And it seems like that's just one of the ways that, that Paul is reached by God. Because of course he had that amazing Damascus road experience. And for some of us, God will use visions and pictures. Things that are really arresting. Others of us won't ever know that kind of whew, right there. Unmissable. But here Paul sees a vision and is encouraged to keep going. But my sense is that he was in a place where he was open at this point to hearing that. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was really dejected and God in his mercy still stepped in and said, hang on Paul, keep going pal. But Paul is also shaped by what he'd learnt from Jesus. From Jesus' life, if you look at verse 6, as an interesting little example. When the Jews opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I am clear of my responsibility, for now I'm going on to the Gentiles. Didn't Jesus teach his disciples that when you're not welcomed in a town, you wipe the dust off your shoes and you go to the next place? We need to be looking for God to speak. Maybe through miraculous intervention. That can be dead encouraging, can't it? It can also be dead scary. But also through his word. Through his word preached on a Sunday. But please, through his word opened in our homes and in our lives day by day by day. And I want to encourage you to keep going with that, if you're going with that. We, a couple of weeks ago, put up a little thing that uh, just was a, any ideas on how you access the Bible. And uh, I'll leave it up there. Please do just scribble on that. If there are things that really encourage you, whether they be Bible notes, like Daily Bread, whether they be apps on your phone or on your iPad or whatever that uh, you can access wherever you are, whether it's something on your computer that comes as an email, or you can use uh, the web. Or maybe there are books that are devotional books. Let's encourage one another to be reading and feeding on Scripture. That's why I'm kind of excited about Tuesday nights over the next eight weeks, that, that actually is an opportunity to just dwell in Scripture, to hear the story and allow God to speak about how we fit into his story. 
Because you see, the thing is, when the, the going gets tough, if we've been feeding on the word of God, then we have something to hold on to. Some way, some practical means of just holding on to God's truth and his goodness. Third thing I'd say in times of of difficulty and opposition is actually we need to be clear about what we're about. To actually have a clear sense of, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus and that means I'm going to do this for God's glory. I'm going to live my life for God's glory. Don't allow the cynicism of the world to kind of waft you and sway you. Stand firm in who you are in Jesus. See, Paul had a clear, clear vision of what he was about. Kind of reflected in, in, the, in the way that, that Luke writes this passage. Just the active verbs that are there. He went from Athens to Corinth. He worked. He reasoned. He devoted himself to preaching. He was active and he knew what he was about. There's something called the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which uh, some uh, church traditions would, would really work very hard on. But the, the first thing in that, expresses what it is that is our purpose in life. And it's this, to enjoy God and to worship him forever. That sounds like a pretty succinct statement. To enjoy God and to worship him forever. It's helpful because it's God-focused and not me-focused. To know God's presence and enjoy his presence, whether I'm found in the desert place or whether I'm seeing the streams of living water flow. We've tried as a church a couple of years ago to flesh out what it means to be Five Head Baptist Church. And maybe this is a helpful little thing for you. It's on the website. If you haven't got a copy of it, I really encourage you to, to go. I, I've put it on the front page of the website now so that actually we can kind of look at it a bit more readily. But actually, our vision and our values, our vision is to reach out and serve with the love of Jesus. That's what we're about, not just on a Sunday morning, but through the week whether we're at work or at home or at play or whatever we do. And secondly, to encourage and enable each one to grow as passionate followers of Jesus. There's a bunch of values there that, that talk about how we do that, how we try to do that. But being focused, having a vision, what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus is so important so that when times are tough, again, there's something that we can hold on to there. Of course, how we feel is important. Our feelings are God-given. 
but we need to remember that it's not all that we have. Our lives as followers of Jesus can't be governed simply by feeling, but actually we need to hold on in faith to the truth of God's love for us, his sovereignty, and the fact that he calls us to be part of a fellowship. We need to know that God is with us and he will never leave us. We need to be looking for him to speak. We need to be keeping a hold of what we're about so that when trials come, as they will and as they are, we hold on. Whether we're up or down, whether we're pursuing opportunities or whether we're being knocked, we need to hold on. We need other Christian brothers and sisters around us speak into our lives in in a way that's out of relationship so that people kind of know you enough to know when it's right just to put your arm around them and other times time to maybe just challenge or build up with a word of encouragement Do pray for the deacons, the leaders of the church, as we just try to work on what it means to be fellowship here in a way that is more easily expressed, meeting on a week on Tuesday to continue that conversation we started through December of last year. Encourage you to stay the course. Walk with the Lord. Walk with his people. Be encouraged. Be an encouragement.